0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Little last minute shuffling here on the Score North Gopher Show. Thank you so much for finding us wherever you do Find Podcast. My name is James Murphy. I'll be uh, piloting the ship here from the Score North Studios. With me as always on the phone is Daniel House. You can find him on t- at Twitter at Daniel House NFL. And we were supposed to be joined by, by Ross Brendel, although last minute, uh, last minute decision there's a little late breaking news in that Ross Brendel is out for today's show. And Daniel, you were saying that there might be uh, some kind of fine that he might be getting for this for the, for the last second Second uh the fact he wasn't on the injury report.
1: Well, here's the thing, he was questionable last night due to work duties and then I found out from the source today that he was good to go. He told us he could get removed off the injury report and then all of a sudden a few minutes before we're getting ready to record he says he's out, so I think a fine's coming his way because he breached the injury report.
0: Although it's it's worse if you do it the other way, where you declare a guy out and then he's playing, right? Like that, that's a more serious offense, correct?
1: Yeah, it's a much more serious offense. But Ross is Ross is tripping.
0: Yeah, I, I we definitely have to have a word with him. He can't be uh, he can't be hanging out out to dry like that. No, we just we just kid. But uh again, James and Daniel here with you. We're we're more than suitable replacements for for Ross, I can tell you that. Um, Gophers yesterday, they they drop a close one. It ends up being um, an 8. Point, uh an 8-point defeat as they drop one on the road at Illinois. 59-51. It was a close game and, and a pretty enjoyable one as we had the Gophers cut it to one, a one-point deficit with a minute 49. They just weren't able to get over the hump. What did you take away, Daniel, from the the loss yesterday on the road at Illinois? Well,
1: I just saw two teams that really played strong defense. Illinois, we knew coming in, was one of the top teams in defense efficiency in the Big Ten. They really did a nice job of defending the perimeter and fought through screens, really took care of Marcus Carr, kept him in check. You look at his stats from last night, he had seven points on, I believe, two for 13 shooting. So they were able to hold him in check, and and Gabe Kelscher just hasn't been able to find a shot. It's unbelievable. He's shooting 30% from the floor, 12 for 49, 24% from three, And it's really hard for this offense to get into a groove when you don't have a guy in the backcourt able to make some shots to space the floor. You're asking a lot out of Marcus Carr to be able to shoulder the load every game. And with Peyton Willis being hurt, they just don't have that one dynamic score that can take them to the next level.
0: No, I think you're spot on there, Daniel. And you could really tell um, yes uh, in the game yesterday evening it was – pretty apparent that Marcus Carr was hesitant to drive into the paint as he usually does to, to finish finish at the rim because of the size of Illinois' defense, mainly Kofi Coburn and Georgie Bashanisvili. He was really hesitant to, to go in there just to, for fear of having his shot blocked, and they needed that floor spacing, and they just weren't able to get that from the wings on that team.
1: Well, and I felt like when Carr did attack and maybe the ball got reversed, the, the guards seemed to be playing tentative to me. I, I don't know if you noticed that, but like when Kelcher drives and he stops, tries to pull up jumper, if he just finish and, and go all the way to the rim, he'd have a shot to complete a layup or you know at least get fouled. Instead, they're, they're settling for these mid-range jumpers and the guards are being very aggressive. That's why I liked what Trey Williams did last night because, he just started going to the brim. He was aggressive. He was, he was real patient off the dribble. thought he played well defensively. Uh, he's been getting better with additional minutes as the season's going on. I, I just feel like every game he gets a little bit better. I asked Tino about him uh, after the Michigan State game, and, and he was saying he wished he could have got him some more minutes. So he finally got that shot. And I just want to see the guards, that, that backcourt, you've got to get something out of that to start seeing some success with this team.
0: It's been, I, I think you said it spot on. It's been the mid range and outside shooting that's really been a thorn in the side for the golfers. When you don't have that. You know, it gets a lot more difficult for Daniel Oturu when when they're able to just collapse on him, knowing that the Gophers are going to struggle to shoot outside. And I thought we saw that a lot yesterday. A lot of Daniel Oturu's touches were were in the middle of a lot of traffic caused by the Illini defense. And I thought the guard play for, for the Illini, especially defensively, you could tell they were they – were, uh, they were really ready for this for this Gophers team and they were it seemed like they were running around with their hair on fire and they were contesting shots uh causing problems for O2 when he did catch the ball in the in the in the post and i just thought illinois all in you know all in all did play a really good defensive game
1: they're a real disciplined team i love how balanced they are you know they they can go with the Shun as beely in the post they got coburn then the guards you know with Frazier. and you saw Feliz last night play well, and the Sunmu, he's been just one of the most electric players in the Big Ten. You look at how young he is and the things that he's doing in the clutch moments, like the Michigan game where he was able to make that shot at the end. Uh, he's just a really, really talented player, and they've, they've built this roster under Brad Underwood. They play really good defense, they, they come up and hit and attack you on the perimeter. They, they will. Pounded in the post. They can shoot outside. Uh, they this team this this Illinois program is is trending upward. I believe that they'll be right in the, the race here at the end. You just see how they play and the balance that they have. It, it's it's impressive to watch. And last night I look at the Gophers again. It's shooting the basketball. Uh, James, eleven uh, percent from downtown over the past two games. Five for forty-seven. And then that backcourt, like we were talking about, seven for 32 between the three guys in the backcourt, uh, that's not a recipe for, for success down the stretch here.
0: No, and I think the Gophers got off a little bit lucky in the fact that Desunmu, they he did struggle a little bit yesterday. He only went... Four of twelve from the field. He he wasn't really hitting his outside shot as he did against uh, against Michigan that you mentioned. Um, I think that they that was a game the Gophers could have won just with the way it was trending. You had uh, uh, a furious comeback because we were texting back and forth, Daniel. We thought the game was over when um, when Illinois went up. 10 after uh, a three three possessions in a row where the gophers didn't get offensive anything offensively and it seemed like easy buckets for the Illini give the gophers credit they did battle back to get the game down back down to one but just in the inability to to get over the hump is something that we've seen these last couple weeks
1: well and i i see the 30 both teams shot under 31 percent in the first half illinois comes out six for seven they pushed the temple they got it inside they 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 Made the adjustments, and this gophers team to me, I watched them and, and, and it might just be me, but there's not a lot of fast break point stats out there i haven't been able to find one yet, so if anyone knows that, hit me up i've been looking all over but i this team cannot run the floor for some reason. Last year, they were so great in transition I mean coffee's one of the most dynamic transition players that the gophers have had in a in a very long time. But this year, you don't feel like they get any easy baskets. Everything's in the half court. There's three-point shooting volumes way up. Carr will push the ball sometimes, but nobody seems to run the floor well to maximize it. And then he's got to go coast to coast to get a transition basket. I just wish they could they could play some imp, with some improved tempo and that would maybe lead to some transition rhythmic threes. They just, it just feels like they play slow. Do you feel that way too?
0: Yeah, I definitely do. And I, I see your point about the transition game as well because I, I a couple of things um, that, that jumped to me as soon as you mentioned that. One play, it was early in the game. It might have been end of the first half. When they did have a transition opportunity, it was maybe a three-on-two. And what they ended up doing was getting the ball to Oturu really late in the in the transition, mm-hmm. and he, he just had to go up with it And it wasn't a good shot. And then another one I remember was uh, it, it might have been a one on two where Kalsher just took it right into a defender. And again, you're you're just that's just a tough shot. And and I, I, I agree with you. They have to be better. At creating those opportunities, not even so much for finishing at the rim, but as you mentioned, to generate a transition three, which is the best for my money, is the best shot in basketball when you can get it because it's 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 usually in rhythm, it's usually wide open, and you get a chance of three points. I mean, it, it, that that has to be something that they they need to work on.
1: I'm going to go back and look at it because I'm fascinated. I want to know how many of Kelcher's shots from the three point line were in transition last year. How many of those were rhythmic shots? Because I feel like a lot of them were where Coffey was just pushing the ball up the floor and then he kicks and, and Kelsher was just in rhythm. So is that what some of the issue is with this team and Kelcher's struggles early on in the season? Is it, is it due to the fact that they're not a very solid transition team right now? It's been It's interesting to me to see how much the, the team's identity has changed from last year This year, honestly, I thought they would be a team that would push the tempo and and hit a lot of threes in those situations, but it just hasn't been the case.
0: Yeah, and I I definitely agree with you. It it I think last year Amir Coffey did certainly help in in getting Calishur those open transition threes as we talked about, and and you can tell he's definitely fighting it right now. We were we were chatting about about what might be the the reason. You you think it's maybe he's just not fully right right now. Maybe there's a some kind of injury that he's dealing with or something to where he's his game's just off. I think at this point it, it's maybe more down to just a confidence issue for him. He's had you know multiple poor shooting nights in a row and I think no matter how you're shooting in practice until you actually write yourself in a game um you're you're going to be dealing with that until you do and I think you know one thing that that um that a lot of commentators bring up is they just need to see the ball go through the hoop and that that can that can bring their confidence back to where it should be but i think until you actually have a good shooting night to where you're an effective part of the offense not not just getting a layup and all of a sudden well now i can shoot because i saw the ball go through i think it's going to take a good shooting night to really get him out of this out of this funk
1: well, and not only that, but something happened last night that hasn't happened in 721 days. Do you have any guess what that is?
0: Ooh, I, I have no idea. What? Tell me what that is. Golfers had just four assists in a single game. Last time was February 9,
1: 2018, a 80-56 to 56 loss to Indiana. One of my followers, uh, Danny Fishbach, he, he was telling me about that, and I was amazed and went and looked in the Ken Pop records. 721 days.
0: Yeah, that's insane. And I believe it with just the, the lack of ball movement. And you see that when you're not moving the ball and when you're it gets stagnant, it's tough to score, especially against a team like Illinois who's gonna hound you defensively. That's why a lot it was almost a, a miracle to see how how well Daniel O'Turu played because he was constantly being hounded when he had the ball. He rarely had any room to work at all, and it was just a testament to his his strength and his footwork and his just overall playmaking ability to, to why he was able to, to finish the game with 20 points.
1: Well, he was creating off the dribble, and yeah, spin move is deadly. His yeah. footwork's been fantastic. He's he's showing that that's the next phase of his game, and, and he's thriving despite the ball movement being slightly erratic. There was one possession. It was funny how Kelcher's three right at the end with about 339 left. He hits that three. Then Ollie Demir has that nice drive to the middle and, and makes the layup. And mm-hmm. then another possession, they moved the ball. They reversed it twice, got it to the top of the key, whipped it to Oturu, and he dribbled and barreled down the lane. And it, it was the first time where I felt like the offense actually had a rhythm, had a tempo, they moved the ball. But it just shows you that 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 that's going to be the key moving forward. Is when you're not able to when you're not able to space the floor and shoot the ball, you gotta you gotta try to find a way to move it and get some rhythm going with the offense. And that's the big issue. Some of the reason why I think Kelcher might be struggling to make shots in the past eight games.
0: Couple more things, and we'll we'll take a quick break. I wanna I wanna ask about just the the the, the Gophers as they're assembled right now. Do you think not having Peyton Willis in that game, does that does that change the outcome or, or do you think that we're still having a similar conversation if Willis is, it does play yesterday?
1: I mean, honestly, he hasn't been that dynamic when right. he's been out on the floor. It felt like these injuries have been a contributing factor. I honestly liked how Patino rotated more last night. I just think he needs to give more minutes to Isaiah Enan, Trey Williams. You know, they're each gonna make mistakes, okay, but they show upside. Enon was great on defense. Stepped out for a three. He still needs to work on those shooting mechanics and his consistency there. But that, that, that charge jumper? that that
0: charge he had was pretty brutal. Where he just he just pulled oh. over um, Underwood, right? I believe, he, and that was a, a heck of a job standing in there and taking that charge by Underwood. But my goodness, it was that was about the most ar- obvious charge you'll see.
1: It was, and that's those are going to be the moments that you're going to see from time to time. But I'm all right with him getting a few minutes a game just to keep the entire rotation fresh. And Williams has played aggressive. I thought he was impactful on D. He had some nice closeouts around the arc. I'm okay with those guys getting minutes, and Patino has to be able to get them some experience so that when the time does come and they need to be used, they can start building some depth because I just don't feel like this team has enough depth right now that, that you can really rely on a balanced scoring attack.
0: No, I hear you. And, and we'll, we'll talk more, uh, more depth right here because one minute for Jarvis O'Mersa. And I can't say either of us saw that coming. We did see Isaiah Eden for a 16 minutes. That's the most he's played in a, in a meaningful game this year. It was nice to see him out there, but, uh, anything to take away from jarvis O'Mersa only playing one minute against illinois
1: to me a lot of it is the result of you know Jarvis just doesn't provide a lot of offensive production and they felt like they really needed that and they know that enan can provide value with his length blocking shots and in that capacity but I was a little bit surprised because, honestly, I really like what Omerza brings to the floor when he's out there defensively, those high-energy plays, getting to a loose ball. He's the type of guy that can you know, run the floor and push the tempo, uh, and, and that's what I feel like they're lacking right now.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll take a quick break here. We're going to come back and and we'll rehash a little bit of the Michigan State game that that was that took place uh, between our our two podcasts here. So we'll we'll talk about that as well as looking forward to the Gophers' next matchup against the Wisconsin Badgers. You're listening to the Score North Gophers Show. Gopher fans, it's Phil Mackey here with a question for you business owners specifically. Have you ever had an insurance claim that left you feeling like you got sacked in the end zone? When something bad happens to the company you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Your local federated representative is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for you. Federated Insurance it's our business to protect yours. And hey, we're back here on the Score North Gopher Show. Thank you again so much for giving us a listen. We'll give you the uh, the, the cheap plug again for both of our Twitter accounts. You can find me at Murph underscore MN. If you'd like to listen to my uh, my musings, they're they're pretty entertaining if I if I do say so myself. Um, and Daniel, for for a more hard hitting, factual based uh, discussion on the Gophers, you can you can find him at Daniel House NFL on Twitter. Daniel, um, we talked a little bit about. Um, uh, prior to to the break, we talked a little bit about just how the the Gophers, um, th- how how their lineups were looking. One thing I failed to mention is that uh, in the game against Illinois, that Daniel H- or that um, that Michael Hurt did uh, have thirteen minutes, and we were both kind of questioning that when, especially when you look at Omersa getting just one minute. Um, was that interesting to you as it as it was to me that 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 uh, they're still finding a way to give Michael Hurt. 13 minutes here's
1: the deal if you if you're a gopher fan and you had the gopher basketball bingo card last night and you had the michael hurt layup to cut within to pull us in six (laughs) there's no doubt you won bingo (laughs) b-i-n-g-o easy i didn't see that one coming
0: yeah and it's i mean he he just the amount of time that he was out there it's just intriguing to me when you see that uh when you see that Immersa oh, just has the one minute. I mean, I, you you'd think just from an athletic standpoint that you'd want to Mercer out there to get those minutes, uh, just to get because he does he does give some fire to the team. Um, he he's you know he he plays hard and he he's athletic and. Uh, it, I, I'd personally rather have him out there. So it was interesting to see that they're, they're stu- still sticking with the, the senior. And maybe it is that they want that, that, um, that senior leadership that, that Hurt does have. He is, a, he is a captain on this team. So I see it from that standpoint. It's just a little interesting when you only see O'Mersa out there with one minute.
1: I thought Michael Hurt did some really nice things offensively, actually cutting and, and passing the ball. But you know, there were a few lapses. However, with O'Mersa, like you said – the, the ability to create some deflections, mm-hmm. get on the move, that's the, this Gopher team plays relatively sound team defense overall. I feel like that's not the issue, but it's it's the fact that they just can't seem to take advantage of the fact that they play decent defense.
0: All, all in all, though, I mean, I, I think we both said it as well. The offense just has to be better, and and I mean, you hate to you hate to drag on on Gabe Kalscher, but they just they expect him to be better than he's been, and when they're only getting, I mean, you you got six points from him last night on two of eleven shooting. If if he's if he's anywhere close to fifty percent, we're talking about a different game. I can I can promise you that because it, at the end of the day, it was a one point game with a minute forty nine left. And it was it was basically some questionable foul calls and some good free throws made by by Illinois that that got the lead out to eight where they ended the game. This was not a uh, a double digit game. This was a much closer game than that. And if you're getting anything more from Gabe Calcher than what you got, you're you have a really good chance of winning that game.
1: It's amazing as poorly as they shot the ball and, and couldn't hit any threes. They were right there at the end on the road against a really good team. And if they were able to make just a few more shots, they would have escaped with a huge win. And that just speaks to if they can get one shooter to just start finding a rhythm, it would help everything. And some of it, like I keep coming back to, is if they can get someone that can outlet and run the floor, I think that would just help so much because of the way that they actually are playing defense.
0: And it's interesting to me too because we we've I want to make this really really clear. These last two losses at home against Michigan State, even though it was it ended up being more of a blowout loss in that game, and on the road at Illinois, those don't kill you in terms of trying to make the NCAA tournament. What what's going to hurt is the fact that you're currently 11 and 10 on the season, and you're going to need based on how you did earlier in the year when you dropped some some games to DePaul, Oklahoma, Butler, and Utah. Uh, now you need to make up for it when you're playing against teams like on the road at Penn State next Saturday, when you're looking to to take um, a, a big game from Iowa uh, at the barn um, Sunday the 16th. Those are games that are, that are becoming must-wins because of what your record is sitting at right now.
1: That Purdue game is going to be the pesky one because it could come down to one win that they need and that game was right there for the taking and they couldn't do it and it always felt like that was the one that everyone was going to look back on those odd turnovers at the end and had a shot to win it and just couldn't close it out the margin for error this year in the Big Ten is much much lower than it's ever been I mean I was listening to Mark Turgeon and uh, Fran McCaffrey talk after Maryland and Iowa last night they both said this is the best competitive league that they've played in since they've been coaching in the Big Ten. So with that in mind, every single game is going to be so important during the entire slate, and I want to see now, how do they they push down the stretch here? Are they able to win their games at home and get themselves in the conversation because their strength of schedule is so strong?
0: It does certainly help, and I I, I want to ask you too, Daniel. Where where do you think the Gophers need to finish their final um, in their final nine games to 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 feel like you don't have to do extra work in the um, in the Big Ten tournament to make it into the NCAA tournament? Where where do you think they need to finish uh, in the the final of the regular season?
1: Well, to me, to feel really really comfortable, you want to be seven and two in these final nine.
0: Yeah, so that that means winning games like on the road at Penn State, is that almost like a must-win game to you?
1: They have to win one or two of the road games,
0: in my opinion, to feel pretty good about
1: where they're at, especially when you see their home schedule.
0: And that means taking everything at home, is that right? Yep,
1: because I see
0: Northwestern being the only game on the road
1: that is probably a win, but hey, that's a tough place to play too. And nothing's given in the road in the Big Ten. Penn State, Wisconsin, and Indiana, those three road games are all going to be really interesting. Uh, Indiana's playing good ball right now. Wisconsin's obviously got some problems with personnel. Kobe King leaving the program. Brad Davidson suspended. I look at of those three road games that I just mentioned. Penn State's probably the biggest challenge and then it, it probably is Indiana, and then it's Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, as you, you mentioned to me off air, that the Gophers just don't play well at Wisconsin. That's certainly true, but if, if, it, if there's going to be a year that you go to the Kohl Center and win a game, this year might be it.
1: Well, yeah, and they played a really good game there last year, too. And that, that I see with, with the way that the schedule works, the home games are going to be critical. A game like that against Iowa, Those are the ones that you have to win if you want to be an NCAA tournament team. It's just just that simple. I mean, six and three, you're probably going, I got to win one NCAA, uh, one Big Ten tournament game to feel good. If you go five and four, do you have to win two Big Ten tournament games? I just don't see if you're at 17 wins, even with the strength of schedule being as high as it is. And where you are in the net rankings, I, I just don't see that being enough.
0: Yeah, I think if you're even asking, if you're even needing one win in the Big Ten tournament, that's going to be a tough ask because you you look at talent top to bottom. I mean, Nebraska and Northwestern are really the the two teams that are outside of it. But all you know, all the rest of those those twelve teams in the conference, you feel like they can win any given any given day.
1: This is going to be one of the best Big Ten tournaments, and I can ever remember. I was at the one last year in Chicago, and I just loved watching those games. They're really fun because the the Big Ten is one of the best basketball conferences in the whole country. And now this year, you look at how competitive it is, the top to bottom, and these games are going to be unreal. And, and there's going to be some upsets.
0: And you look at teams 11 and 12 in the conference, and it's Ohio State and Michigan, both of which, was Michigan number one at one point, and Ohio State was number two? Those are the those are the number 11 and number 12 teams in the conference currently.
1: It's crazy how that's fallen off, and it tells you how competitive the Big Ten is. So that's why I feel like if you're right on the fence of the tournament, and you're the Gophers, and you've played the people that you have, your losses. is... You know, when you look at the – they're looking at ca- catastrophic losses. And I, I don't see really any ones where I'm like, huh oh, man, that was absolutely catastrophic. There's no way that should have happened. To me, they, they put themselves in a position to be in the conversation. Even if they're right on the bubble, they're going to get the lift because of who they played.
0: Daniel, who do you like? to win the big 10 or to, I mean, to win the conference, or I guess to win the conference tournament, who are your favorites among uh, the, the top of the conference right now?
1: To me, it's going to be between Illinois and Michigan state. And that Michigan state Illinois game on the 11th of February at Illinois, it, the line, I could win that game as tough as they are at home. I don't think Michigan state is as big of a threat on the road as they are at home. If Illinois wins that game, they suddenly put themselves in a really interesting position. I can't wait for Sunday's game, Illinois and Iowa at Iowa. That's going to be a really, really good game. The Big Ten setting itself up to to have a two-horse race that's really, really intriguing. I don't see anyone else really catching up uh, to those two teams, but I love the way Illinois plays. Their defense is going to keep them in every single game that they play. They can play a different style. You want to shoot the ball. You want to rely on your guards. You want to pound it in the post with Coburn and uh, and Georgie. I mean, you got you got options.
0: No, for sure. And you didn't you didn't mention you failed to mention the Maryland Terrapins. They did get a big win against Iowa yesterday, but something just doesn't feel right about that team. I, I'm not willing to trust them in, in, in naming them to win, you know, to be the best team in the Big Ten or even to pick them to go very far. I don't believe in the in the NCAA tournament. They, they have four wins in a row. Something just doesn't feel right about them. though. Do you agree?
1: No, some doesn't feel right. I watched them play Northwestern and Northwestern one day. I wasn't particularly impressed. And then they barely beat Indiana. And then last night they beat Iowa by 10. They play really well at home. And, and let, they're less impressive on the road. And that I think that's just the case this year. I, the, the Big Ten, the way it is, uh, Maryland's kind of tough for me to read. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not quite sure where to put them in the hierarchy. I, they just feel like a team that could be – out early in the NCAA tournament, like they'll get a really good seed, but they'll be the team that everyone will be picking as a as an upset candidate.
0: That's right, and I want to talk a little bit about Rutgers too because they've they've really impressed me this year. Un- still undefeated at home, fifteen and zero at the rack. I mean, I think that they have a legitimate shot. To, uh, to make some noise, especially towards the end of the season in the Big Ten. What do, you, what do you think about Rutgers?
1: I could see them being a team that makes it all the way to the Big Ten championship game at the Big Ten tournament because of how balanced they are and the way that they play defense, too. I love Miles Johnson, the center for Rutgers, and, and they got Geo Baker and Yeboah who can shoot the three, uh, and, and you look at Harper – I mean, you go down the list, uh, Steve Peichel's done an incredible job of building that roster. That, you think about how bad that program's been for so long, and you could see the, the past three years, it, it was slowly getting just a little bit better, and now I look at this team and I go, hey, if, if something weird happens at the top and, and things go astray... There's no reason why Rutgers can't put themselves in that Illinois, Michigan State conversation. I'd honestly put them in that conversation ahead of Maryland right now.
0: I hear you, and and I think that they're you know they're they're ready to shock some people as they have so far in the in the Big Ten season. They're seven and three, having a really good. Um, Big Ten, Big Ten conference campaign, and I've been really impressed as you mentioned with Steve Peichel with just his ability to where he took that program from where he got it, and now it's looking like something to where this isn't just a one year thing for Rutgers. It's not like it's just a you know a bunch of upperclassmen doing this. I think they're really building something there in Piscataway. I want to finish our conversation here, Daniel, because uh, and it was just something I, I recently thought of. Because I think a lot of what a lot of people have problems with is when a team does play a particularly weak non-conference schedule. Um, you see it a lot in not not even just Big Ten ba- or not even just a college basketball, but college football as well. And the point that coaches make about it is that there is no preseason to uh, you know in college basketball or in college football, so they they need they use those games as as a way to kind of knock the rust off as well as if you're if you're developing a new offense or if you have some new some new players who need to get into the fray you want to you want to do that in a game where you might not need to be perfect to win and the Gophers are getting a little bit punished for their their choice of playing a a tough tough non-conference slate where they end up losing games like to Oklahoma who has I mean these are these are teams where they're not great basket uh college basketball teams but they're good enough to beat you if you have an off night teams like Oklahoma, Utah and DePaul come to mind um do you, do you think that that this is a it's maybe proving coaches right who say hey I mean I'd love to schedule a Uh, competitive non-conference but we need those wins when it comes to making a making a a ncaa tournament do you think that maybe they're a little bit vindicated when you look at what the gophers might have to do later on in the conference just to get to the ncaa tournament
1: well with the team that they had this year with seven new faces and just a whole bunch of moving pieces having a really difficult non-conference schedule is challenging however I believe it prepares you for the Big Ten slate much better than if you're playing a team where you're not really having to put forth much effort. They learn a lot about themselves in in those games and and challenge challenge themselves to be better, and that's one of the things that I think is valuable. I would schedule a tough non-conference slate because if you're on the fringe like this team could be, it it, it elevates you because you know that you're going to get better over the course of the year. And by being battle tested early on, you're able to fully maximize your potential and and Get the most out of each game, especially early on.
0: No, I certainly agree with you. I was just interested to to hear your point on that because you know you could argue that if the Gophers play a week or non conference, maybe they they need to do less. Maybe only maybe going six and four or six and three in these final nine games would would be enough to make the tournament. If you if you have games you've won in the non conference already, even though like you said, it's good to have those those tough tests early because you, you feel. Feel like it's going to help you out in the in the conference play when you actually get to where the meat of the schedule is.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things that the the NCA seems to reward those teams that really schedule tough. And the Gophers have been in the past where their non conference schedule hasn't been as solid. And now with it with it being like it is this year, I, I believe they've put themselves in a, in a favorable position to be in the conversation, despite having a young team and all those moving pieces. They benefited from playing really tough opponents, and like a game against Oklahoma State, that was one of their best performances of the whole year. But look what happened: Gabe Kelscher, career high, thirty-four mm-hmm. points. Mm-hmm. It just shows you that if this thinking can, can get refined in the last few games here, the Gophers could really get hot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I we're we're all really hoping that that can happen because it just seems like it's been just an absolute. Tough stretch for the shooting and it's 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 you know, we you can tell that they're just they're they're just trying to see the ball go through the hoop and that's just something they haven't seen lately.
1: Well, we're just waiting for them to have that game where it looks like everything's clicking, yeah. they're playing efficiently. Uh Ohio State, it was it was there just a little bit, but that was more again. It's the games that have been the most efficient are when Carr and Arturo are just taking over. I want a game where it's balanced scoring.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you, and I think that was something that we had during the football uh, the football schedule as well, where we were just waiting for a, a game where the offense, defense, special teams all put it together, and it seemed like we were struggling to see that early in the in the Gopher season as well. Where and basically, maybe until the the Penn State game is where they they put everything together. But it seems like that was something we were looking for even during the football season. You want
1: to peak in the month of February, and we discussed this earlier off the air. You look at the, the month of, of February, the amount of time that they have between games yeah. versus what they played in the, in the month of January. I thought January was the toughest part of the, their entire schedule, and I thought they came out of it better than I, than I would have anticipated. I mean, they played six basketball games in the month of February.
0: They played nine in January, just so basically 150% of their, of their February schedule.
1: And there were some really tough games in there. I mean, at Illinois, you playing Michigan State twice. Michigan State, yep. you're at Purdue. You had to play Michigan at home. You went to the rack where nobody's won. You <laughs> went to Ohio State. I mean, and you you won that game. Like they've been tested. That Penn State game too. I mean, mm-hmm. it it is crazy how how. That I feel like everything's gonna slow down eventually here and this this team's gonna get it clicked something just tells me that
0: Well they have I mean if you look at if you look at the schedule they do play uh, Wednesday against Wisconsin Saturday against Penn State. They don't play again for eight days until they they're at home against Iowa and then um, so yeah that's just between the the Penn State and the Iowa game you're looking at an eight day rest period right there. They need
1: some rest, especially after all the accumulating minutes for guys like Aturu and Carr. Then a little bit of time to reset and self-evaluate. You want to be playing your best basketball in the month of February. That's where where the teams separate themselves. And with a Big Ten race being so crowded like it is, this is where we're going to start seeing people move away from, from the rest.
0: No, I agree. Really good stuff. So, Daniel, um, I know that you're going to be doing a a breakdown of the Wisconsin game during the – possibly before, but definitely after the game on on Wednesday. Where can the listeners find what you have to say about that?
1: You can find all my content on Twitter at DanielHouseNFL.
0: Wonderful, and again, good stuff, sir. Thank you for for uh, for helping me out with No Ross today. It was again, we're we're gonna have a word with him because I think there's gonna be some sort of uh, repercussion for his his uh, his antics with the uh, the injury report, right?
1: I'm wa- I'm waiting for him to post his Tom Brady photo or something. This this is, feels a little fishy. He's gonna <laughs> have one of those going up on his seat soon.
0: Oh, uh, it's yeah, no. Well, we'll keep tabs on him because uh, he he has to be accountable for this. I'm I'm sure that's that's not gonna stand. Again, thank you so much for uh, finding us wherever you do find podcasts we we love to have you listening and give us a review we we certainly do appreciate that again for daniel house you can find him on twitter at daniel house nfl you can find me i'm james murphy i am at murph underscore mn we thank you so very much for listening to this edition of the score north gopher show ross and daniel will be back with you next week thanks for listening